No matter in life what you try to do, you're dead too. Hello, and welcome to You're Dead Too, the podcast about a shared inevitable demise. I am your host, John Toyson, and joining me this week on the program is nobody. This week I am taking a look at cryonics which is definitely not cryogenics, which I thought is what I would be talking about this week. I, uh, after all of the weirdness that I went through with consciousness and death and what the brain is and how our minds work, I wanted to get away from all of that that I was talking about last week and focus a little bit more on the nitty-gritty of death and uh, denial and how we're not frankly, ready for it. So before I dive into cryonics and the freezing of people, uh, because it's damn cold here in Minnesota, if you've got questions, comments, concerns, feedback, whatever you'd like to share, please reach out at yourdead2 at gmail.com, Y-O-U-R-E-D-E-A-D-T-O-O at gmail.com, or find me on Twitter or Instagram at yourdead2, and let me know what you think, because frankly, I want to hear from you. I'm happy to just put this out into a void. Um, That's kind of how life works is that you just exist whether or not other people are going to acknowledge you. But, you know, I want to make sure if you've got feedback, I want to hear it because, you know, I'm certainly interested in myself, but I'm sure other people would like to hear what the other listeners are thinking about as well. So uh, let me know. Anyway, I'll just cut the preamble short this week and say, let's dive into it. Okay, so cryonics is definitely not cryogenics, which is different. Cryonics is, <laughs> this is the perpetually uh, joked about thing in pop culture of freezing yourself after death and what that means. How does that work? Has that ever been proven to work? And why do people do it? Um Put simply, somebody dies, within the first hour after they die, you take their body, or severed head, as I read, and you freeze it, with the hope that it can be unfrozen in the future and revived. And there is so much weird about that, that I'm realizing now as I speak it out loud, I don't think that this is something that is as common as I had been previously deluding myself to think. Um, If you are anything like me and have watched a lot of Futurama, it probably becomes a little more second nature and a little less foreign to think about uh, cryogenics, as they called it on the show, which is, you know, you just flash freezing something and then unlocking it a thousand years from now in the future and then you just waltz out and that's it. Uh, definitely not that simple. Turns out, shocker, that cartoon living is not uh, any kind of accurate simulation of real life. That said, I was aware of the concept before, you know, Futurama put it out there. Um, I think what first tipped me off to it was the old urban legend about Walt Disney freezing his head after he died. But at some point in my life, I got exposed to the idea of freezing yourself after death and the weird thing is when you look into it there's not a whole lot of depth to it beyond that so as far as my research was telling me 
First person to do it was Dr. James Bedford, who, uh, well, let's say the first person in the modern era to intentionally do this that we know of was Dr. James Bedford, who died in 1967. He was a psychology professor at the University of California uh, who had... um, who's actually a leading expert in occupational therapy. Um, but I, I don't know what exactly drove him to <laughs> cryogenics, cryonics. See, this is going to be possible because the conflation of the terms in pop culture, you can tell where I get my background. Um, he went to the Alcor facility in California, which is now uh, moved over to Arizona. I'll talk about that later. Um, had them freeze him, and uh, it's not gone well since then. So cryonics, the idea is if you freeze the body quickly enough after death, you're able to preserve it in a way that it could potentially be reanimated in the future. And there's not much to go on beyond that. Um, As far as I can tell, it's people wanting to have a way to live I mean, question mark, forever. But the way the freezing is being done, it it just, it it's kind of mind-boggling to think, what, wait a minute, so you're just, you're wanting to become a popsicle so you can eventually be unfrozen and fixed in the future and continue to exist? I mean, it just, I'm surprised at the lengths people will go to facilitate this because it's not holding up under much scrutiny, I will say. I am going through a period in my life where I'm very happy to look into a lot of weird esoteric stuff. Um, I actually just read a really great book about dreams, for example, uh, Why We Dream by Alice Robb, and uh, loved it. And it was fascinating and mind-opening, and it really changed how I look at how and why people dream, but, you know, there was science to back it up and practical application of it and easily demonstrable facets of it. Whereas with cryonics, basically it's freezing something and hoping somebody can figure it out in the future. Um, And it might be a last-in, first-out kind of a scenario at that too, that like the way we're figuring this out it might just be we're going to thaw and fix the people that are most um, technologically or like delicately frozen and deal with them first and then go back further and further back and get the people who are basically flash frozen and hopefully that there's not enough damage to... Wow, this stuff is very bizarre. So the idea is by keeping a low enough temperature, um, 196 degrees below zero Celsius or negative 320 Fahrenheit. (laughs) I'm I'm struggling to talk about it because I've got more notes on this than I've done with anything else, and yet I'm still barely just scratching the surface on this. Um, It's supposed to begin within the hour after you legally die, which that right there is a problem because we don't know exactly when people die. We know a time of death in that medically we can't, you know, somebody codes, we can't bring them back, and so you are dead. You know, there's a time of death. But as we've established on this podcast, the further we get from, uh, you know, antiquity to today, we're forever slicing further and further moments of that 
time? You know, is it just no longer breathing? Is it when your pulse stops? Is it, you know, is it just brain death and that's it arbitrarily? I mean, so what we're doing from that point is saying, okay, you've died. If within that first hour you can get somebody um, in and either remove their head which is a part of this, or just freeze the whole body. The idea is to freeze the person in a way that you could unthaw them in the future and that the person or the personhood or the personality memories will be um, still preserved within the brain, I guess. Um, again, I don't mean to sound so judgmental and dismissive of this. It's just the second I started putting this under a microscope, what was kind of a... Um, it just, it, it quickly fell apart. You know, it's just, this is wild stuff that I've, I kind of just took at face value, never really thought too much about. And here I've been doing some research on it and it is odd. So, um, but again, if you're willing to pay for it, bully for you, great. I'm glad you have the resources, but maybe look at why you're doing it. So, um, this has really been popular among secular white males, which, you know, as part of the demo, I, as a young person, could see more appeal to it of, like, living forever. Uh, but no. No, 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 no. This is... Uh, <laughs> a technological affront to nature, I guess, is a mild way of putting it. Um, all things end, and that's part of the journey, and I, I don't see... I'll get to my point later, but... Um, you're either freezing the whole body or just the head. And it seems, you know, potentially problematic to just go with the head, but it's making a bold leap and assuming all of who you are and what you will need is contained in the head. Uh, there have been experiments in the past demonstrating that it is possible to reanimate some biological tissue using very Frankenstein machine-esque methods of, you know, just pumping blood and getting a result but like it's there's a problem with the freezing process that prohibits this from being practical which this is particularly weird and gruesome stuff and this is why i wanted to get into this this is so much fun um so when you freeze something if there's liquid there which i mean we as people are mostly water um the problem is biologically cells tend to burst unless there is some kind of anti-freezing agent, uh, which are called cryoprotectants. They do occur in nature. There are natural anti-freeze compounds and proteins that prohibit ice growth and they lower the freezing point of water or uh, whatever chemicals are present. Most often they're found in Arctic or Antarctic creatures, whether it's, you know, polar bears, penguins, um, fish, bugs, whatever have you, uh, they are produced naturally within the body to prevent ice crystals from forming or to basically facilitate living at extremely cold temperatures. So while they do occur in nature and they're, you know, reproducible in a lab, they're... It's not as simple as just filling a person with that and then just freezing them. So there's... As part of the process doing it now, somebody who has gotten all of their paperwork in order and signed up for this and facilitated the funding for it, they would be wearing a medical alert bracelet, 
in the event that they died outside of, you know, the company of loved ones who would be aware of this or, you know, the facilities to be able to transport them like a hospital or something, uh, to basically haul ass, get them frozen quickly and uh, get this done. The, the freezing process is accomplished by... Well, there's a number of different methods you could do, but it involves vitrification, which you are flooding the system or covering the brain or the organs in a layer of ice and water so cold that it's just, it's not even freezing. It's just, it's like an, an amorphous solid state ice flow which is kind of hard to explain. It's basically the freezing process as quick and as instantaneous and as extensive as it is, there's this problem with it in that it inherently does damage to the neural network. So in the freezing process, we can freeze some things biologically. All of this was uh, predicated on the notion that we can use these natural anti-freezing compounds and proteins that occur in animals uh, to freeze blood for transfusions and, um, you know, essentially backups for people that have extremely rare blood types and need to have uh, a ready supply on hand for transfusion. I've been able to freeze stem cells, uh, umbilical cords, uh, semen samples, uh, egg samples. This is what first allowed um, artificial insemination to happen is the freezing of sperm cells to have them implanted. And there have been you know, numerous advances done for this. There's also uh, embryos that you can freeze and tissue samples for, like, tumors. Um, you can uh, freeze seedlings for plants to be able to grow from them. So there is a level to which we're able to do this that we can freeze and then thaw something so that there is as minimal damage as possible through preservation to make it viable upon thawing. The trouble is that... <laughs> doing that to a brain essentially breaks it in a way that we can't fix yet. Additionally, it's making the assumption that all of your humanity, all of your who you are-ness of being a person is contained in the physical, actual, factual gray matter of your brain. And as the past six episodes of this podcast have <laughs> tried to dive into, it is not that simple. I would love it to be so, but it is simply not that one-to-one -one elegant, just, oh, this is what it is. You are the bacon fat that's inside your head. No, there is something else happening there. And I never thought that I would be, you know, from my strict physicalist days of when I was in college and just very, you know, young, angry, militant atheist, I never thought it'd be so confidently saying now, but really, there's something else going on. I don't know what it is. I don't have the elegance and the the experience to say what it is. I'm not a neurochemist, and I'm not, I'm not a priest by any means. I don't know what it is, but it, to say that it is just a one-to-one -one physical thing, I would be hard-pressed to be convinced of that. So there's something else there that I would be willing to wager is what is going on. And you know what, militant atheists of the internet, please let me know why I'm wrong. I want to hear the other side. This is, I'm, I'm just speaking for myself here. Um, so if you've got 
reasons or information to let me know otherwise, send it in. I would love to have some dialogue about it. But point is, something in the neural network breaks. Uh, looking at it in the biological and real sense, a neural network is input and a processing and then an output. We generally know how the input works for humans. We know how the output works generally as, you know, sensations coming in, sensations being translated or thoughts being created to move limbs or to take action or to have awareness, but it's that middle step of the processing that we don't have the clearest understanding of yet. It's still the black box that I've been talking about for six episodes previously in consciousness that that's the real crux of it right there is what the hell happens in that middle step. It's quite the magic trick, but some part of that breaks down and I wasn't able to find in my um, ability to dig into this online about if it's physically damaging like the axon structure of the neurons in your brain, but it's basically the neural network is degraded in some capacity by the freezing process. We are not able to, at this point, freeze and then unthaw in a way that doesn't, <laughs> I want to say officially, uh, actually break the brain. That there is something that goes wrong in that process that we can't get around yet. Um, so what this is doing is relying on future tech or the hope that somebody else figures it out which i again don't <laughs> i don't want to paint myself as too much of a uh pessimist here but we're not doing great as a species at times it feels like things are going kind of poorly and uh the state of australia meaning the current state of it not the nation state of it the Australia is having a really hard time right now with their fires, and I would, again, I don't want to be pessimist. I would be hard-pressed, though, to say, somebody will figure it out in the future. I, I would rather have more semblance of control over my life now and be able to, um, you know, I'm, I always talk about how I'm comfortable with ambiguity. Uh, I, again, I don't... I don't want to count on future generations fixing things. Same with climate change and global warming and uh, economic instability, all of these sociopolitical things that I would easily get on my soapbox about. I don't want to just leave that up to like, ah, so it's somebody else's problem. That's like, you know, it's me staying up too late and being tired in the morning. That's future John's problem getting up in the morning. It's like, no, 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 no. I'm, I would rather just go to bed early. I'm tired now. So, that's the problem, is that we're looking at, in order to get this done, we would need, at minimum, some kind of, like, I'm not kidding when I read up on this stuff and I say that the best theorizing for how to get around this is through the use of future tech, or nanomachines, or nanomedicine, or mind uploading, like, we would be waiting on uploading your consciousness to a computer, that level of technological sophistication, in order for this stuff to work at all. I don't want to be just broadly dismissive, but like it, it I, 
well, I suppose I'm not really alienating an audience here. It, it's, you're not, <laughs> this is some weird shit. Thank you for listening and taking the time to do this because this is a, an examination of why cryonics doesn't work. Um, so those things don't exist yet. We have not hit a singularity. We are not one with machines. We have not figured out how to put the ghost in our head into a machine. Uh, we nano technique, you know, tech for medicine. It we're you know we're edging ever closer to it, but it's not. Again, this is far greater minds than mine. <laughs> I mean, you know, people who are much smarter than me, and I'm not claiming to be that smart. I can't figure this shit out, and we're trying to just throw something at the wall and hope it sticks and we'll figure it out. Um, on top of that, there's a cost to it. It's not free. You have to maintain this. Uh, minimum cost, we're ballparking. Uh, the figures I had were from 2014, somewhere between $28,000 and $200,000. Unless you are already wealthy by current standards, you don't have that. Uh, you may have a life insurance policy that could cover that. And what I've found is that you can write in the company that would be taking care of this for you as the beneficiary as the beneficiary in your life insurance policy so that they get X amount of funds allocated to them to accomplish and maintain the freezing process. Uh, that's a ton of money. And basically you're seeing this huge gap in uh, wealth disparity in certainly America. I don't know about other places in the world, but basically you're either uh, super wealthy here in America or you're just scraping by. And I don't think people have the means to throw uh, 28 grand at something, let alone almost a quarter of a million dollars, no matter how good your life insurance policy is. And I'm guessing if you've got a life insurance policy that you really want to pay out and have it be a, a massive payout, you're probably not going to have it just go to a company to have your corpse put in the freezer. You're going to want to, you know, take care of the people that uh, are left in your wake. But then again, that's making assumption based on your needs and your wants. And, uh, you know, personal wishes are a huge factor in how we deal with death. But again, what? why are you doing this in the first place? Is it just to avoid the act of dying or is it to be reunited with family down the line it this the the very notion of this existing in the first place asks so much <laughs> that just doesn't get answered by the act of what you're doing it's 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 a stalling process you know one of the big all right so you're already paying out to get this done it's tons and tons of money you're not <laughs> here's there's the fact that you are legally dead when you do this um, this has been a legal issue in a number of different countries uh, France and Germany have had court cases about this uh, the United States has had a couple of court cases about this Ted Williams famously had um, uh, familial court cases with this that were an issue uh, there's also one in Canada where the mother and father of a deceased child were going back and forth about who had the right to make a claim to their child's body and what to do with it you're you're legally dead and this is a matter of how corpses are disposed of and it's not about lying in state or you know 
being in a coma and being maintained. The physical machine of who you are is frozen and most likely destroyed. And there's not a way to get it back. The, the way even the best, most precise freezing process that we have is still going to cause major problems. Again, damage to the neural networks that is irreparable. And then beyond that, let's say you get incredibly lucky and the freezing process goes without a hitch as smoothly as possible, there is still a high likelihood that your larger organs, like your liver or your heart, for example, the act of freezing, even with um, natural anti-freezing proteins and compounds, there is still the possibility of it simply cracking and breaking. Like it's a frozen thing. There is the possibility that it may just break. And you can't protect against that. And what does that mean for a potential awakening in the future? We have literally no idea. We do not know because the process has not been figured out. We're just, it's one-way time travel. And it's just this bizarre way to try to get around it. So there's all these legal issues of, well, you're dead. How are we going to grant you citizenship in life? And like, does the corporation that's holding you have a way to have any claim over you or what you're doing if you've paid for their services so here's kind of where the rubber meets the road there are in the planet this is all of humanity put together four facilities total that i'm aware of three of them in the u.s one of them in russia that's it that's you know, the way, I, <laughs> the way I heard about it as a kid um, or, you know, picked it up in pop culture, you would think it would be more just because it, I don't know, we're not the brightest of species and we're vain and we want to be immortal. It's the denial of death. Um, there have only been 250 corpses that have actually been frozen in cryo, cryonics. Ah, see, I almost did it there. Uh, although there's at least 1,500 who have signed up for it pre-death. Um, how those numbers are changed, we'll see. I'm sure Cambridge Analytica or Facebook have harder data on who's interested in this stuff, but I don't have access to it. But what I can tell you is, as of 2018, all but one of the batches of people that were frozen pre-1973, all of those, with the exception of one batch, have either through error or the company going bust have been thawed and destroyed or disposed of so that's the other flip side to this is that even if you've got the means to do it and the process is perfectly figured out companies just go bust companies go bankrupt they get uh, purchased or they run out of funds or something happens like this company alcor that the first person james uh, bedford had himself frozen with they actually moved facilities from California to Arizona because they were afraid of an earthquake ruining everything and just shaking it all up. And then, uh, you know, somebody leaves something unplugged and everybody unthaws and then it's all for a waste. I mean, this is... I sound like a naysayer and I get it because I'm seeing a lot of evidence for saying nay, but it's never worked so far. There have been examples of rabbit organ freezing and transplant successes that have been done in the field of medicine that uh, they've been able to take a rabbit kidney out of a donor rabbit um, 
R.I.P. Little Rabbit, uh, freeze it, unfreeze it, and then implant it into the, a, a donor recipient rabbit and have it function normally and have it be the sole functioning kidney. So it's there are things like that in, in conjunction with the things that we've proved with people that we can do uh, blood, stem cells, umbilical cords, semen, eggs, embryos. You know, the, We can do some things. It's just on the grand scale of the entirety of a human body, we're not there yet. Even if we get to that point, again, this is assuming a company will be around 100 years from now or 500 years from now. It's unless this is I don't know. I'm speaking from a very vain uh, cultural ethnocentrism here, but I don't see a whole lot lasting that long here in America. And looking through antiquity, I mean, yeah, we have buildings. <laughs> you know, we have works of art. Um, we do have cemeteries, but unless there's some kind of simplified, sustainable way to keep these people frozen long term, how do you... How do you manage this process? We can't figure out how to dispose of nuclear waste in a way that's safe and long-term and marked as, you know, comprehensible to people when we know that language changes over time. Like, there's just so many complications to this. How the hell are we supposed to do this? So, I have a way I want to find out more. So, this company, Alcor, is based out of Arizona. I'm actually going to Arizona in the not-so-distant future. Um, and I'm not going to be far from Alcor Life Extension Foundation. And I'm wondering if I can set it up to reach out to them to find out more and to, like, visit their facilities. It's formerly called the Alcor Society for Solid State Hypothermia. Um, and looking at some information online, you can see a, a Bigfoot Dewar, which is a, a custom-designed container for full bodies, and uh, you can contain four people and six brains immersed in liquid nitrogen at uh, 320 degrees Fahrenheit below zero or 196 below Celsius. Um, looks kind of like a lightsaber handle. I, I kind of want to visit him and find out more because this company, I'm going to not be far from them. Uh, they're up and running. They've been doing this for a while now. And it makes me think, well... If I'm so skeptical of this, pay him a visit, see what the pitch is, and find out why people want to do this at all. Um, so, I'm very interested. Uh, <laughs> it's going to be a matter of convincing those who are with me on my trip to say, yeah, either you know, take time away from the whole group thing here, or just go off on your own and find out more about it, but it just... I don't know. It's just there's something so almost childlike about it, a way of dismissing what we're doing with our existence to say you want to not die when the fact of the matter is all things die. I mean, it's just, it's a stark reminder of the nature of life and kind of the mission statement of the podcast, which is no matter in life what you try to do, you're dead too. And so I don't think freezing yourself is some kind of dodge to get around it. Like what? I don't, what's the end game here? You freeze yourself, you're somehow woken up in the distant future, and then what, you live more? You, you will die again then. And what do you do then? You, like, you do you freeze yourself again to, 
to see a future. Like, eventually, you have to accept that this journey is over. But, again, I'm, I'm speaking from self-centered perspective of what I understand this to be and the fact that we're all going to die someday. You know, I, I look at, you know, the political landscape of the world right now, and it's, again, you just, you want more money? This is it? You just, you guys are all just trying to get rich now and just like, okay, for the sake of more money, you know, you could make more money not in politics and, you know, inflicting harm on society by gutting necessary programs. You could just go find literally any other way, but it's just the easiest, fastest way for somebody to make a bunch of money and just like, great, you want more money. That's fine. Okay, you want more money, more, 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 more. What's going to be enough? Uh, I guess that's just part of humanity. I'm being naive. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I'm putting some weird shit on record, and I kind of love it. Uh, this is what I wanted this kind of refocusing of the podcast to be, is I wanted to get back to some of the nuts and bolts of death and dying and why we're doing it and what we're trying to avoid here. Um, I don't know. I'm I'm not sold on cryonics. I'm, I'm very happy learning more. My pages and notes here would be uh, <laughs> certainly an indication that I want to find out more. Uh, additionally, see if I can find a time to get to visit Elcor in Arizona and learn what I can. But man, this is... Uh, this is real. This exists in the world. It's a service you can pay for it. And there is, as far as I can tell, no proof that anything is going to work with it. But I suppose, hey, I mean, you know, plenty of other stuff that has no basis in reality that people will pay for as well. So who am I to cast any kind of judgment to say this one is better than that one? And, I, you know, I'm I'm sorry if I'm being offensive, but please write in and let me know if you've got thoughts because that's the only way I'm going to learn about this. So uh, if you have listened this long, I will throw out for you one small conspiracy theory about this that uh, I think is worth noting. So, as I mentioned at the very beginning, one of the ways that I first came across cryonics was through the urban legend of Walt Disney having his head frozen when he died for, I don't know what purpose, to eventually resurge from the grave and become the all-encompassing Disney corporation that they are now. Like, they own everything now. So... You know, now would be the time, I guess. But uh, fact of the matter is, Walt Disney did not have his head frozen. He was cremated, and his ashes were interred. And uh, it's absolutely not true. What I do find interesting, though, is that it was put forward that the titling of the movie Frozen was specifically called Disney's Frozen, with that possessive... uh, you know, form of the word Disney, Disney's Frozen, so that when you look up the actual title of Disney's Frozen online to see about the movie and find out more about kids, because parents, God bless them, are trying to, you know, appease their children, just like, okay, Frozen, well, can we give you, just just, just be quiet, here's the song, here's the movie, just be quiet, just watch this, and just, here you go, Um, to essentially drown out or, you know, kind of usurp the Google search findings so that when you google disney's frozen you get the autocomplete of disney's frozen movie and not disney's frozen head which used to be a thing um i have no way of knowing that's true it's just weird enough and elegant enough that i would not be 
I would not be surprised if it turned out to be true, but it's too funny to not at least mention on this podcast because it may be an urban legend that's going away as people, you know, age out of it and boomer generation dies off. But that was definitely a pop culture thing for a long time. It's like Walt Disney's Frozen Head that in order to kind of erase that from the record books, they just said, well, you know, maybe it's just a convenient benefit of the titling of the movie of Disney's Frozen is that, uh, but you don't see that for like Disney's Moana, you know, they don't call it that or Disney's Star Wars, but Disney's Frozen, that happens to just conveniently uh, stand in place of Disney's Frozen Head. So maybe that's all horseshit. I don't know. I can't not think of it, though, when I think of cryonics and freezing people. So um, if you've got questions, comments, feedback, concerns, please tell me how I've stepped out of line and been insulting because I'm not going to know unless somebody corrects me. But I want to find out more about Alcor and see if I can pay them a visit when I'm in Arizona. And uh, (laughs) we'll see from there. I'll see you guys next week. (laughs) 